If you want to be on your own, you stay. I'll go. <laughs> I need you alive. If you're alive, this whole world, this whole world feels alive. Welcome to Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 110. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you, Scott? Scott's having a bit of a laughing gas. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Kim, you cannot make those faces at me while you're doing the introduction. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> you were chuckling. <laughs> Kim was trying to do her introduction and she was falling apart doing it. She was just holding back. <laughs> nice. Like I did pretty well. <laughs> you did good. You did well. You did well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> Great now. Great. Great. Yeah. It's the end of school year. Oh. And all the ceremonies and uh, it's too parties much. are happening for sports, school, and scouts. Way too much going on right now. And yeah, I mean, it's pushed, we pushed our whole episode here a whole day back because everything that's going on. Yeah. So. Too much. I'm excited to talk about this one, though. Life sounds tough, guys. It is. It's not tough. Wah, wah, it's not tough. Wah. Lots of obligations, but it's actually fun. So what you drinking, Stu? Um, Kim and I are both drinking the New School IPA. Oh. What do you think, Kim? From Southern Tier Brewing Company. Yeah. I love this beer. This one's out of New York, isn't it? Uh, New York City. <laughs> Lakewood, New York. Yeah. Why the hell not, it says. Why, Why the hell not? <laughs> nice. But it's a Southern Brewing. Southern Tier. Oh, Southern Tier. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got faked out by the Southern Tier, didn't you? I did. It's, it's a really good beer. It's got tropical notes to it. And it's one of those that's really smooth. And you could drink a lot of it. But it's 6%, so don't drink too much. Yes. That's true. Especially if and, really and Kim and I um, had a rare chance to go out this weekend Whoa. and celebrate her birthday. Yes, happy birthday, she Kim. Is, she is Thank a... How's it feel to be 26? Kim, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I feel brand new. She had birthday <laughs> and Mother's Day on the same day. Yeah. Which was nice. very special. And... So we were able to go out and uh, head to Pontoon Brewery, which mm-hmm. we I think we mentioned to you guys before, which was fun. I think we tried like, wow, it was like six different beers there. Yeah, nice. we got a flight. Yeah, not full pints, mm-hmm. thankfully. And then we made it over to uh, Variant Brewing, uh, which is a brand new one, oh. which was very good. Yes, I love their beers. It, the only problem was that there were people pouring out into the parking lot. It was oh, kind yeah. of hard, hard yeah. to get uh, space there, but... Well, it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, it was great. New breweries atmosphere. tend to be that way. Oh, but it was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. good quality, good quality uh, brews for sure. So we had a good time there as well. Pontoon was nice, but it was way too big. So, and there weren't enough people to fill the space. Well, they had a lot. They so, had a lot of very um, fruity 
kind of experimental beers, I think, whereas Variant had some very clean. Yeah. Uh, see, very. It seemed like they had really worked on the craft of some of their beers a little bit more, whereas uh, Pontoon had been playing around with a few different things. Because well, Pontoon had like 12, 13 different beers on tap. Both breweries were releasing an elderberry oh, yeah, that's true. beer the same night, it sounded like, yeah. which was weird. Elderberry battle. Both yeah. were very fun. So, I mean, if anybody wants to check them out, Pontoon is uh, just north of Chattahoochee and Sandy Springs, and Variant is in Roswell. Nice. So, nice. So, what Got are you to check them out. I am drinking, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, a beer that I got at Aldi. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I have never done that before. I, That's brave. The few times I have gotten beer from Aldi, it has been horrible at best. And you uh, did it again. And, but I saw this and I said, all right, it's, you know, it's a four pack. And I said, all right, I'll buy a four pack. And it was like, you know, five bucks. So I said, I'll give it a try. It's, um, it's from Third Street Brew House. It's called Hop Lift and it's an IPA. Um, it's a 6.2. Um, it's actually really good. It's a, it's a very yeah. nice uh, nice IPA. You know, it's not the best I've ever had, but it's but it's certainly not bad at all. I would get it again at that price. I can tell you that. <laughs> Where's it out of? Uh, they're out of New York, I believe. Wow, I two New right. York beers tonight. Yeah, what is going on? Yeah, that's right. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway, I thought it was pretty good and a nice little find at Aldi. We just found out from a neighbor friend that our local gas station that's just outside the neighborhood has like an amazing beer selection yeah i would have never thought that yeah some of these gas stations do a lot with the craft beers 7-elevens have actually started getting a lot of craft beers around here believe it or not so weird all right let's get into it because there's a lot to talk about i think so we're gonna cover fear the walking dead season four episode five laura should be laura slash naomi it should be laura so what did y'all think I thought that this episode was great, and I think on par with like um, one that we always bring up, the Cheesemaker episode, where, mm-hmm. which felt like a standalone, could have been its own movie, yeah, kind of episode. I thought it was really good. The only, only problem I had with this episode was completely mental on my part, because I kept thinking that John was going to turn psycho at some point. Mm. Yes, yes. Like all the way, at least halfway through, I was like. Okay, what's he gonna do to drive her away? Was it wasn't it kind of <laughs> wasn't it stupid? Wasn't it kind of like you're looking at it and hoping, no, no, don't, no, yeah, don't, oh yeah, yeah, don't. yeah, 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 yeah. And, well, I I think what's you know what we've been trained to do is always find that no one can be honestly good, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> no one can be just like truly innocently or maybe not innocently, but just a good person, a decent person at heart. Through all the characters that we see, I don't even think it's just with this show. I think it's with just most, life. Yeah, I think it's with most most life. How sad is that? Yeah, most entertainment in general. There's no there's no way that this guy can be that good. And the fact that he does not turn bad, that he never does anything truly bad, other than the only thing that was even a hint of something crazy was when he didn't kill that walker with the sword coming through the jeep. Right. You know, coming through him, and and he decides not to pull the gun, but yet he kind of just freaks out a little bit. That was the only hint that that there was anything crazy about it but then we got a <laughs> then we got a, a reasonable and uh nice explanation as to why right yeah. yeah i thought it was a great episode i really did i thought it was really really good and completely different than anything i, I think we've seen in this universe mm-hmm. honestly what'd you think kim 
I also love this episode. I love seeing the start of a love affair in the zombie apocalypse. It was so sweet and so natural and it, it was it was heartwarming. I love the way that they're changing things up this season and it feels more Walking Dead world than Fear of the Walking Dead world to me, which I like. It seems more sophisticated. I love the filters that they use, the shots that they use where they were like lower to the ground and filming up and out instead of always head on. It was just, there were so many awesome elements to it. And even just being on the water, like having a canoe scene mm-hmm. was was very different and I liked it. It, it did well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with you both. I mean, I think it was a fantastic episode. And like you said, Stu, it was uh, very re- reminiscent of the Cheesemaker episode with uh, yeah. Morgan. And, I agree with that, too. And it had, you know, it had a lot of that kind of uh, sentimentality to it. And, um, and yeah, like you said, Kim, the, the love story was, was great. And I think, um, you know, who, I don't know how anybody could not like John Dory now. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, so sweet. and and I thought that uh, uh, Jenna Elfman did a fantastic job as Laura Naomi mm-hmm. um, in the way that she was she was so standoffish, but she she really it really felt very genuine the way she he broke her down and and that she finally started having real feelings for the guy. Um, it didn't feel like it was forced. It didn't feel like we were watching Madison in one of her love affairs. <laughs> no, God, no. It, it was... Um, it was very natural. It's very yeah. organic, the way the whole thing yeah. worked out. Even to the sadness of the end, when she leaves. And, yeah, and, and watching it a second time, I loved it even more. And even just talking about it right now, like, I can feel... This sounds cheesy, I'm sorry. But I can feel my heart, like, just... <laughs> y'all, I'm serious, like... <laughs> I am full of love right now. Really? I'm full of love. Stu, this is the time to ask for that jet ski you wanted. No, like not that kind of love. But I would love to sit down with either one of them and just like watch a movie and share some popcorn and just hang out. They gotta watch better movies though. Jesus. Oh, well, you know, they're kind of limited. But they, the kind of people they are, are the kind of people where you could sit in a room totally quiet and it's fine. You don't have to have a conversation in order to be engaging with them. Well, you know, and it the the entire episode was slow and quiet. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of um, long paused scenes where you're not really getting much dialogue or even sound. Right. A lot of the time, uh, but it didn't really bother me at all. I mean, it, right. it it felt natural. So I think it was it was well done in that way. Our, one of our listeners, a friend of mine at work, Melissa. Um, who's was, on the podcast. Yeah, who's been on the podcast. She was uh, on a conference call with someone in the same office area where I am. And uh, and she heard, I guess, my voice in the background. And she screamed, Scott, I love John Dory. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. I do have to ask, though, with this and, uh, you know, some of the other episodes, but this one in particular, did it feel like Fear the Walking Dead before? No. This is what I'm saying. It's more Walking Dead now. It Mm -hmm. feels almost like a completely different show. It is a completely different show. 
Yeah, but you know, the, the, the even though the uh, I will say this, the Cheesemaker episode, I, I mean, I can't help but refer to that when I think of this, because the Cheesemaker episode was so different from anything else The Walking Dead had done. Well, you can mirror, there's so many things in this that mirror that, too. What I'm saying, though, is that I think this one really stands out uh, on its own, you know, mm-hmm from the series. I mean, I, it did not feel like a Walking Dead episode necessarily to me. It felt like, you know, uh, a love story, like Kim was saying, a movie. It just, you know, it just happened to be in the in the Walking Dead world. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Michael Satrazemus again who did this one. He mm-hmm. did um, The Grove, right? Yes. Look at the flowers. Yep. Did mm-hmm. he do the Cheesemaker episode? I do not know that. I do not know the answer to that one. I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is I did not feel like it felt like a Walking Dead episode either, you know. Oh really? I, no, I felt it was kind of its own thing, you know. I mean, I there wasn't it stood alone enough that I wasn't missing the other characters mm-hmm. in the thing. I wasn't like I was saying, well, what's going on with Morgan or anything like that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of you know, and I it was the same way with the Cheesemaker episode. I wasn't thinking about, well, are we gonna see anything of Rick this week or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed it for what it was, and that's kind of how I felt about this one. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think that um, even even in the ending, I guess the thing that was kind of the exclamation point on this one for me was when um, Morgan and John are sitting at, at yes. the end, and they're talking about how they have to convince Strand and, and or not even have to convince Strand. They're talking about how Strand and them have a different outlook on what this world is. Mm-hmm. And that, and you know, and how they don't have to fight anymore or kill anymore, and you know, so and how they could be ta- having a second chance. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they it have almost, to recognize it, it right? It, it almost felt like, well, here are the replacements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now we can now we can move those characters out of the way. It's, I know that's I know that's not what's happening, but it just no, it felt no. like you know it's like okay, we've got story going on from. You know, the three that we found at the beginning of the season and then this other leftover story with Strand in them. And we're still trying to figure out, right, how is this going to overlap in some way, especially if we've lost all the characters, like the important characters from the original Fear of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So right. it's it's going to be it's 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 going to be a weird kind of culmination of how this app, these storylines come together because yeah. it still feels like they're moving at different paces. You know, I'll say one more thing. And that is, this episode felt the way that I feel after I've had a really good deep tissue massage, and I'm like just totally relaxed and in a different realm, and my brain is feeling fuzzy. Like, it's just, after all the drama we've had with both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead leading up to this point, this was just like a long, cool massage in a nice room filled with lavender. It was amazing. So you're gonna watch. You're gonna watch this one again. I, guess. I would totally watch this one again. <laughs> I feel like I am in a zone right now. Even Stuart, I totally was feeling the same way. Except for me, it was a bubble bath. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Good. I was kind of on that, but it was like a lo- it was like a huge barbecue sandwich. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With coleslaw, right? Some onion ring, maybe some onion rings. On the oh, side exactly. Like I mean, don't you feel no, like there should like, be oh. there should be like Enya playing in the background? No, Dim there should. Ne- oh, can I just say this right now? There, there should, should never, never be, be Enya. Enya playing in the background anywhere. <laughs> that like totally came out of left field. I don't know where that name came from. Wow. Because I don't think I've uttered her name since the nineties. 
but that's how I felt. All right. Some 10,000 Maniacs. No, different than 10,000 Maniacs. <laughs> did you totally uh, did you notice the uh, the image in the beginning, what it was of? So funny. I think we're the on like, the same field right now, Scott. Oh, yeah? Because that's what I was thinking, too. The oh. two people way off in the distance. Yeah, and did where they were going. It? I did not notice that one. I knew it was different, but I didn't really look into it. In I depth. love the way they're doing this now. Yeah, it's so cool. cool. There was them on their. It was them on their trek to the store, because you see the store over to the right. Yeah, the cinematography that they're doing with the start actually reminds me of Westworld when I'm when I'm watching hmm. it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched Westworld. I have. Oh yeah, you did. You did. I, okay. Yeah, I love. Uh, season you watched the new one. Yeah, no, just not the, yet. the the saturation of the the imagery and um, and obviously the West. You know, out, being out in the desert and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it does. It kind of gives you that. That macro view of everything. I I will tell you though, I think the Westworld imagery is much more beautiful than what we're seeing. Yes, we're not seeing we're not seeing Texas at its most beautiful. Well, I think it's 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 still a little fuzzy. Like there's a fuzzy fuzziness to the imagery that we're seeing, so it's almost dreamlike. Well, that's because we're not watching in HD like Scott is. Oh right. Yes, Scott sees everything. Scott sees like little like roly-polies that are like a, a mile away. I'm actually wishing that there was some more fuzziness to it because I can see like all their wrinkles. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, like, like it's like if you ever have to watch Lou Holtz on TV. There's nothing good about Lou Holtz and High Def. Lou Holtz! He's yeah. <laughs> right. We learn that John Dory, I think we already knew that he was a police officer, right? We yes. didn't do that before this yeah. episode. Yep. Um, but did we, we learned... Did we know that from the last episode? I think he told... Um, didn't he tell Morgan or he told somebody else, I thought. Maybe point. Al? I don't think so. Al? I thought it, I thought this is where we first heard where he, that he no, was a cop. No, I think... No, I think we heard Gosh, that he was a cop Gosh, I don't know now. Before. It's all running together, it seems. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I thought for There's sure, There's been though. so many interview processes mm-hmm. in the last few episodes. It's hard. But anyways, okay, so... We learned, though, that the story behind how he ended up in this cabin all by himself. Right. And that is that he shot somebody in the leg and they he wanted to just graze them, but they ended up spinning and he shot them head on and hit an artery and they bled out. Yes. Yep. He, yeah, and, he was trying to wing him and he shot him in the leg and ended up hitting an artery and bled yep. out. That's, I think that's just what Kim said. That right there tells us that he has a good heart and that he doesn't oh, yeah. mean harm to other people. He never mm-hmm. wanted to kill that person. He just wanted to injure him. But I thought it was even more interesting the reason why he went to the cabin, though. Was because not necessarily everybody that. said he was a hero right. and he did not feel to be a hero. Yep, yep. He did not feel he, he deserved to be a hero and it made him uncomfortable. Right. So he got away from people. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. So I would love to know how long he's been at that cabin, even before the apocalypse happened, uh-huh. because the man is stocked. Like, he's got his routine. He obviously has a generator somewhere or something. Solar panels. It's got to be solar panels I was panels thinking solar something. panels, well, too, actually. Well, you know, he, he states that he was before it all happened, because um, he talks yeah, about the fact that the bridge had been out where they were doing construction on the bridge, um, and that it was at Bill's. Is that the name of the place? The, the grocery store? Yeah, yeah the grocery store. store. Right. Yeah, and that Bill's uh, had, had been closed before that. So he hadn't seen Bill or anybody since before this. Yeah, yeah they, several they months clo- before. Yeah, he said they closed the road down. So he'd been up there for a little while before that. 
But you know, he's he's got his routine. He still wakes up to an alarm clock, which I find hilarious. Yeah, it's a great alarm clock. First thing I'm gonna do when the apocalypse the happens is turn my alarm off. Big mouth Billy Bass. I'm gonna yes. get the Billy Bass, definitely. No. Take it no. to the river. Yeah. Please stop. Okay. <laughs> Consider it stopped. Um, but, you know, he still makes breakfast for himself every morning. And I also find it very interesting that he would go out onto his front porch and eat his breakfast and drink coffee. It's like he has no fear of of either the walkers or marauders who might come to try to steal what he has. He's just alone and just going about his business, he's, doing yeah, what he's always done. He's been alone so for so long that I don't think, I mean, he's probably just grown comfortable in, in his situation. And it's mm-hmm. pretty apparent. He's in the middle of nowhere out there. I mean, there's yeah. there's not much around there. I don't think, you know, in normal times he would hardly see anybody. Which is why he's so surprised that these walkers are coming down the river. Exactly. Or at least that many are coming down the river. I mean, when he, when he notices that and he's like, I guess something's amiss up, up river. You know, of course, we see them all the time. So we're like, well, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing right? that... that only thing that bothered me about the episode is the whole thing about the walkers. I mean, I didn't get what they were being drawn to. The guy in the car that had fallen over. That's supposedly what I understand, but you could hardly hear that. Yeah, you saw, I think they showed it once or twice where you saw like an arm moving in the car. Right. Well, he was pounding on the but we've the seen wall, we've window. seen them we've seen them pull cars out of that stadium and drive across a parking lot full of walkers that don't even turn around. Now, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't find it very believable that that many walkers would be attracted. And there was a lot of them. But but that's apparently what they were attracted to. But yeah, uh, like the fact that they moved the jeep eventually to and still fell over. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that. Well, I don't the, buy that at all. I'll, I'll tell you the one I don't buy big time is the fact that they just all of a sudden decided to come on shore right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no reason for them to come on shore at John Dory's cabin when they're when they're sleeping. Yeah, and all of a sudden there's like a horde of them coming yeah. up. There was nothing the, to draw yeah, that them was there. Very odd. That but was do you odd. think they smelled fresh meat? Do they smell? We don't know that. Nah, do they smell? We've not or seen that. Or is it just sound? No, because no, they've, they've, they've been did, able I to agree. hide. I agree. They didn't. That didn't. That seemed weird. It didn't add up to why they would get out of the river at that point. All that of a whole big group of them. Well, that's why I think that he has solar panels and not uh, a generator, because a generator would have been making noise, and we haven't heard mm. any of that noise. Right? Well, he has a he has a windmill. He could snore like Kim. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I thought you said him, not Kim. <laughs> Screw you. Hey, but but he does have a windmill. We saw. Yes, that. he does. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. I think that's where he's getting his powers. He's generated from the windmill. He is in Texas, where the wind's blowing constantly. So true. Yeah, there's songs about that. Cowboy songs. About yeah, yeah, just enough. Cowboy songs. You're I like crazy. I like John's soup is the blanket of food. That's good. That's like a, I had a coworker who used to say vanilla ice cream was just a carrier <laughs> for other stuff. <laughs> it was the launching pad for other goodies. <laughs> Well, I also like that he, you know, he's he's trying to keep himself company by playing his Scrabble game, which is a very nice Scrabble game because it's got the little edges around each of the little plaques. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Ours mm-hmm. is just a flat board. He's got the, like, deluxe version. Seriously? Ours is that cheap? I thought all Scrabble boards had that. No. You have to keep the pl- pieces in place. Yeah, his, his is fancy. Mm. 
I do. I you, we did not mention that. I love the fact that because it kind of goes back to when he is first. We first find him on his own, and he's playing with words. Yeah, yeah. He's playing with words, trying to figure out, and he comes up with platypus, which he he is had mimicked again when he first saw Morgan. He's like platypus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Potable. <laughs> <laughs> and he got really, I think he was very proud of himself when he thought, thought of the word platypus. Yes. Mm-hmm. He had a little smirk on his face. That was cute. Hey, let me ask you this. I got one quick question because it, it just dawned on me when I was thinking about him running into Morgan later on. That was a year later, right? Uh, Someone yes. like Because he yeah. said it had been yeah. about a year since since she had left. So, yeah, I did. I did it just now dawned on me. It was a considerable amount of time since Laura was there with him to when he runs into Morgan. That's a very good point. And neither so, of them have gone very far. No, I mean, actually, Stu, they know that may, it may tell us that that where they are is a long way from where he was. Well, okay. It's true. Um, but then how would they just come across each other? They would, they came across each other in the same circle of people. That just seems very hmm. implausible. Well, I think, didn't they come across each other with two different groups? And it's just now that these two groups are getting together that it's coming together? Th- that's that's what I'm saying, though, Scott. Like, mm-hmm. he met up with John. I mean, he met up with Morgan and Al. And then she met up with the baseball people. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, all of a sudden, those people are together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So he still came across the same... They, they came across the same people. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it stretches plausibility. but Right. Especially po- if they moved that far away from it where is, they were. It is possible, and he's off in his truck, so we still don't know why he even left where he was. Right, and he stated that he's out there looking for Laura, so he I had to have gone out to look for he her. He might have left to look for her. He's tracking her. Yeah, he could be. No, he wasn't even aware she's still alive. Remember, he was surprised by the backpack and so forth. No, when she first left. Mm-hmm. Right. The cabin. He left the cabin and went out looking for her. Okay, I'm going to ask this right now. What? With all this going into this episode, after we're supposedly drawn to the fact that she's supposed to be dead, do you think she's dead? No. She's alive. I kind of suspect she's alive. Yeah. I think both she and Madison are alive. I'm convinced of it now. I'm not convinced on Madison yet, but I think I do think Naomi's alive. And I think they're just mistakenly thinking she's dead. Okay, so it's not so it's it's maybe they got separated back at the stadium. It's not necessarily that they're trying to mislead right, anybody. Right. Okay. And and Kim, by the way, I I think he stayed in that cabin by himself for a long time. Just kept going. Yeah, because you know he talks for a long time about you know he talks about the fact that he hasn't talked to anybody in a long time, mm-hmm. which meant he still stayed isolated after she left for a while. Just because he stayed isolated doesn't mean he wasn't on the road isolated. Yeah, but 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 Kim, I mean, literally, he's talking about the fact he hasn't used words in a year when he's talking to Morgan. I mean, that's a pretty extreme way of stating things if you have been around other people. But I don't think he's been around other people. I think when he when she left, he got depressed because he na- she now was suddenly his love the love mm-hmm. that he's now losing he got depressed he still could have left the cabin to look for her i don't think he did though and I not think, found her i think he respected her wishes to leave and left it at that so what do you think changed why is he looking for her now that is a good question i don't know i don't know but it didn't sound like he was out doing it for very long when he ran into morgan 
And when he's with Morgan, he is not um, shying away from the guns. He's, no. He's bearing arms. That's true. That's a good point. What happened mm-hmm. between now and then? Well, I mean, the, what happened was he finally brought out the six shooters and took out those zombies. I don't know if he kept them out after that. I mean, that's the question. Well, he I gave feeling he gave he one to her, remember? He gave that's one right. to, yes. to he Laura. Gave, he gave so. one to her. So let's talk about the irony of him not wanting to use the guns, yet he was <laughs> a guy who did reenactments for the Wild West show and used guns. Yes. Well, that's that's why he well, stopped. It, yeah, he, he like, that's why he, he was explaining when he's in the boat, and she said, uh, where are your guns? Because she knew he had guns at that point. But he didn't bring them. He, he was like, what are you talking about? Because he had been cleaning them in the middle of the night when she mm-hmm. shouldn't have seen them. Well, he was also and talking about said, the fact that they don't bring anything but trouble. And so, they bring the past, as he calls them. Okay, that's okay. That's a good point. So after after the situation happened with the, the quote-unquote bad guy, not bad guy, he stopped, probably stopped doing the Wild West show. Oh, yeah. Well, he... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if, he, if not everything, because that's what we're talking about, we don't know when he ended up going to the cabin where, where I mean... Or to assume that it wasn't too long after the whole incident happened because he couldn't take the fact that people were saying he was a hero. Right. And he did not believe it in his heart that he was a hero because he knew that he killed a guy on accident. Okay. Because he should have been better than that. You know, he should right. have been, he knew where to shoot the guy. The guy moved. Well, and I yeah. think I think part of it for him too, Stuart, was that he was cocky in his gunplay. I mean, he really, mm-hmm. you know, a cop should never try to wing somebody. That's why they always teach police. It's always center mass. You don't try to, mm-hmm. to wing somebody because the likelihood of you being able to do that is very small. Right. And if you're going to be shooting at someone, it's not to wing them. It's, it's the intent to take them down. Exactly. And, and, I mean, you're not if, – if you think that you can take them down in some other way, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be using your guns. And he thought he was good enough with a gun to be able to do something like that, and, uh, and it did not work out. And I'm sure that shook his confidence and in guns and his – uh, his confidence in his judgment with guns. He was with Humbug Gulch. Did you notice that uh, right before the scene started where the the mass group of walkers came up on shore, that the box was sitting on the, the, the steps? Or the porch. Mm-hmm. Do you think he left the box there all the time? Because they seemed to show it. Every time they showed him with the guns, he was on the porch. Yeah. Them. I don't think they ever showed the box inside because even the very first scene you see is him putting the box down on the floor next to the steps it was almost as if it was almost like an unconscious thing where he left them where he might need them the most which was on the porch in case something approached the house i don't know i I mean i think they were a part of him i mean you know they were part of his personality but he knew that he couldn't use them well, so I, that's why he took him out at night when no one could see him. Maybe it had something. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that he couldn't sleep. Well, no, I think that's like it's almost an unconscious effort to protect himself, where he knew that those guns would be the mechanism to protect his life eventually. Um, and instead of hiding them away in the house, where he probably wanted to hide them, he left them on the porch where they were easy access kim i might look at it from a different angle if we're going to go that deep into it um he may have had it out there because he did not want to have the guns in the house with him ah because they were tainted yeah i mean he took care of them 
and so forth because they were beautiful guns and they were part of his life in the past, but he could not use them anymore. At the same time, I think we may be thinking too much into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't That's know if the writers do. ever went that deep on that part. <laughs> Maybe because he didn't have a hammer and he needed the end of the gun. That is a good point. To nail stuff. <laughs> it's really not a good point, but I'm just it's trying to throw good. you a bone. Because he did shit. actually have a hammer. And in fact, he well, he picked up a hammer. At he the got store. another he hammer. He did. And how nice of him to leave the rest of the hammers for other people. I did think it was a little weird that he signed out the movie. Like at this oh, point, I love come on. that. I love that. That was, yeah, that was, that a, little, was, that that was, was a, little a little tribute to I Am Legend, one of the great zombie yeah, stories of all time. There's a little pitch of that. Well, not of all time. There's like, that was in the past 10 years, wasn't it? <laughs> no. No, it was written in the 60s, man. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking about, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes he, in, the, in the book, he goes into a library and checks out a book. In the movie that Will Smith did, he goes into the video store and signs out the videos. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was just, you know, another little sign of his in- integrity and the type of person that he is, that he's so honest. Mm-hmm. Just in case Bill comes back, Bill knows where his movies are. Did you notice he leaves critiques of the movies in there, too? Yeah. On the comments? Yes. Yeah. It was so cute. The surprising thing that happens there, and the thing that we learn about uh, Naomi or Laura at that point, is that she's kind of the same way because she yeah. starts stacking the medical supplies together. Yeah. So it'll be easy for someone to find it if they need like a, a what yeah. is it for like a tourniquet or splint Splits. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, which I thought was really really cool too. I mean, it said a lot about her. Yeah. So so what about her? So. The only thing she really reveals, she doesn't even reveal her name to him. No. She lets him call her Laura. And we still have um, no idea why she washed up on the shore. Yeah, like so random. Where did she even come from? And she confirms that the car that went over is not hers. Right. So where did she come from? Even though I kind of suspected even then that it was hers, that she just wasn't admitting to it. Because you remember, she says, no, that's not mine. I can drive better than that. Yeah, um, I know. But I then when that. I, I mean, realize everything is happening after the fact after she comes downstream. But it, but I but then I realized you know there's another person in the car. There's a a, a walker in the car. Mm-hmm. So she would have had to have somebody with her if that were the case. That's true. And it doesn't look like a daughter type of no. walker. Mm-mm. No, it looked like. But an she adult. does reveal that she lost her daughter. Well, she lost which a child. Which is kind of a. She said daughter. It was kind of weird the way that whole scene went down because he was like asleep and he opens his eyes and she just matter of factly says what she has to say. And then that's it. Yeah, that's right. Because, yeah, he was kind of curled up on the couch. I don't think she matter of factly said it at all. I think it was it was something that she really struggled with. And then it just came out. And that's why she Mm -hmm. left the room after she said it. You know, I think it was it was something that because she almost whispers it. And I think it was something she was scared of uh, talking about or acknowledging, for that matter. Well, she, I mean, she doesn't, she's not revealing anything to him in, in some right. way that, like, he's going to be able to use some of this against her in some way. Who knows? I mean, she, I mean, to, to, this, to the point, she doesn't even take the shoes that he's offering. Right. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't budge on who she is for anything. Well, and that's, what, I mean. Right. But that was the one time, or that was the first time she let her guard down. That was right. the first time she let her guard down and released anything personal about herself. And she ran away from the fact that she did it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, she says it, and then she gets out of the room right away. Yeah, never talks about it again. Mm-mm. 
Do you think she's running to something or from something? I don't know where from. she's trying to go. I, I think, think she's, she's running, running from, from something. I think she's running from the memories and all the bad stuff. Whatever she happened to She doesn't want to get... She doesn't want to have any connections with any people. and It's kind of like Morgan. She doesn't want to lose anybody again. She doesn't want to have that hurt. She doesn't want mm-hmm. to connect with anyone. That pain. Yeah, I think she's she's dealing with some serious psychological problems. That's yeah. why she's on the run like that. You know, she can't deal. And so that's why when she drops her guard down and admits that to to uh, John, it was it was a revelation because I don't I, I wonder how much she admits it to herself. It's that's actually a good point because I didn't even think about that. Morgan is very much the same way. It's like mm-hmm. he he has his comfort in and is comfortable around and trusts John. Why does he need to get away? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he he's just like I mean, he's exactly the same way. It's mm-hmm. like no matter what, he's going to move on because, as he states, I'm better on my own. Right. He's just better on his own. Mm-hmm. Because he loses people. I yep. think with her. You know, she doesn't accept the shoes because she wants to be able to run. She does not want to really accept any help from him of any sort. I think whatever happened with her child was probably a situation where she got too comfortable and let her guard down and feels responsible for the loss of that child. Or she couldn't save the child for whatever reason. Yeah, and so I think that not accepting help from other people makes it keeps her responsible. It keeps her on her toes and aware of what's going on around her at all times and never allows her to be comfortable in any mm-hmm. one situation. It could be that or very much like Morgan where she does not want to connect with anyone because everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die no matter what. So why don't connect, don't you know, kill yourself twice by watching someone else die. And that's how she's mm-hmm. acting when she's in the in the um you know the storyline from the past in the in the stadium. She even there, she's not connecting with anybody. Right, yeah. keeping keeping yep. everybody at arm's length. Right, and every now and then you'll see a smile break out, especially with John, and she starts to let her guard down, starts asking questions mm-hmm. about him or the situation or whatever, and it's just a well, it's a very beautiful moment when that happens. She's excited to learn how to fish. Yeah. And gut a fish, and yeah. she's like, "Thank you. This will be great when I'm on my own." Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of like it's it's like it's a great moment, awesome scene, and then all of a sudden it kind of just reminds you of the fact she's not staying. Right, she's going somewhere else. Or and it's, it guts it's, him or it's the almost crushing time. for him. It's almost like she's feeling I'm getting close, close, close. Now I'm going to push you off because yes. you're getting and you can too see close. It in his eyes. Yeah, every time she says, he "But I'm not staying. I'm leaving soon." He he just dies a little bit inside and gets. So upset. It's so sad. <laughs> Hang in there, Kim. Hang in there, Kim. Why don't we go ahead and take a break? And we'll be back in a minute. everybody we're back what else you guys got to talk about you know one thing i wanted to say is that she confirms after the scene where the the walker comes through the jeep window and he just goes crazy town on that walker and stabs the shit out of it and Mm -hmm. they get splashed with blood and walker guts um 
they're back at the cabin and she confirms that she's seen people get really sick just from being exposed to the blood and to the guts. Um, I feel like the writers are trying to wrap it up with a pretty little bow. Well, they're just trying to, they're trying to push that concept on us a little bit more. Yeah. Because they know we aren't believing your shit. No, no, it's uh... (laughs) we don't know what to believe anymore. Are they going to get sick or not? So well, I, I like that they, they did that and and definitely state it with a like it's very pointed that that is going to happen. And she's a nurse. And so she's, she's a nurse. like a character that should know something about that. Even though we've had eight years of characters that should have known something about Agreed. that. <laughs> but Agreed. including ones at the CDC. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I still feel that it's incredibly lame. And, uh, and I thought it was, I don't know if I felt it was a good thing to mention, because I do feel like it's the writers trying to convince us that that is an issue now, uh, even though <laughs> it's just silly that it never was before. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of lame. But. I mean, it was definitely one of the, it was definitely an element that the writers were using to, to just wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Well, I think from the, the Walking Dead world kind of standpoint, Ever since it was uh, Rick kind of let us in on the conversation that he had with the guys at the CDC about yeah. it's always been in us. Right, yeah. right. But they've never answered what that meant or right. why it gets brought out. or, or what, yeah, I mean, obviously the body dies, but there's it's like, what's the trigger? Right. And so to, to be able to say, oh, well, you could also just get it on you and then you get it. It's like yeah. well, it's always in you, isn't it? Like, I mean, see, the problem with that whole thing is that um, part of the concept of the show from the beginning was that Kirkman was never going to explore why it happened mm-hmm. or right. what's causing it. They were going to leave that alone. You just had to accept it that these dead guys, if they bite you, you're going to turn into one of them. Right. Did, now, let me ask this, Kim. You being the comic book fan, was was the whole thing of the uh, of it being part of your DNA or whatever it is uh, in the comics too? Yeah, I mean that it's it's in the comics that it's that everyone is infected, mm-hmm. and so you know the whole <clears throat> the the intro scene where Rick and Glenn walk through the city of Atlanta with guts all over them. That's all in the comics. What about the blood and gore actually changing people? Like about like uh, Negan turning it into a weapon, or anybody turning it into turning an it into weapon. a weapon is in the comics as well. Okay, all right. So I mean, it's there. So. Mm-hmm. Whether it makes sense or not, still, I mean, we just gonna argue with Kirkman on that one, I guess. Yeah, you go right ahead. Yeah, I, I just, I just like that they're trying to to wrap it up, and that satisfies me. For like, if it, they can't just leave it hanging out there in the wind, like, is it or is it not? So I, I like that they're trying to just as long as they don't finalize keep, it. keep doing it. Yeah, don't don't keep doing it. <laughs> like, but, oh, they're gonna keep horse, doing like, it. Oh, they're gonna keep doing it. It's gonna be a constant thing that comes up like morgan's gonna be like stop putting that on your sandwich exactly <laughs> but you know towards the end of the episode when it's just to change the pace a little bit here what we're talking about he finally tells her that he loves her and he does not want her to leave it was so sweet so incredibly sweet and she her face just melts and she's like oh that's what i've been wanting to hear <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because she asked him why didn't you want me to know right right and for him to say what was his um he said 
I love you. If you want to be on your own, you stay. I'll go. I need you to be alive. If you're alive, this whole world feels alive. If you ever said that to me, oh my God. That would be awesome. You might get that jet ski. It's kind of ruined now. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're just saying what he said. Just put it in a card. I can't wait to see I can't wait to see this this week and you're gonna hear that. (laughs) Hey Kim. You know. If you want me to leave, and Kim's going to go, yes, yes, leave. I mean, that is, I mean that, that, but yes, I mean, that was a very touching, tear-jerking scene that that's happening, but then she doesn't really come back to him with anything, other than the fact that she goes and kisses him, right? Well, uh, that's sure a pretty they, strong they comeback. They got it on that night, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a good strong a, comeback. That was a pretty strong comeback, and then in the morning, she says she loved him. Yes. Yeah, she says she loves him, but she leaves. And and again, I think she's running away from being connected to anybody. Mm-hmm. But also, what a huge sacrifice on his part to say, if you want to be alone, stay here. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where you're protected and where you have provisions. And because right, what's important to him is that she stays alone. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So sweet. No, it was so it was a great sweet. great scene. And um, again, one of those. Uh, truly, I'm kind of touching, tear-jerking scenes that you don't get out of the show a lot. I mean, yeah. that's... I and mean, then it was... she took the boots. She took mm-hmm. the boots. She did take the boots. She, she did take the boots. Yeah. Super sweet. And he was like, damn it, I wanted those boots back. I know, I was like, <laughs> should have told her that. <laughs> and then for him There's to money have, in those boots. <laughs> for him to have those letters still in that tin can that he mm-hmm. had in his hand yeah. when he was talking to Morgan... And he uses them as like kind of like worry beads, you know. He just constantly has them and looks at them just to remind himself of what he had at that moment. Well, I thought thought it was a great way to end the show because it was like he was telling a story. The only thing I did not even think about until we started discussing was, do you think he made any of that up when he was telling Morgan? Ah! (laughs) God, I hope not. (laughs) I don't think so. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I thought it was interesting that Morgan was so interested in his story. Because you can yeah. see it yeah. affected Morgan, and it definitely sure. affected his relationship with John. So, well, and the way he he backs up how you know his own actions or but John's actions when he says, you know, I mean, you, you don't have time to wait. In well, this and world. He's, yeah, and John says, yeah. you know, I'm, I think it was because I told her too soon, and he was like, no, you can't yeah. do that. You can't wait on something like that. You wait on that, you lose people. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way we all should live nowadays too. You don't wait. If you feel somebody is affecting your life in a good way, you tell them. Even if it's somebody you work with, you tell them. I do. Oh, my. Okay. Kim, you are doing such a wonderful job. I just want you to know that. You should tell Melissa more often how much you appreciate her working (laughs) with you and, like, what a great friend she is. She would would (laughs) laugh at me and she would go, you're an idiot, Sonderman. (laughs) <laughs> but let me ask you this. Okay, so Morgan says, you know, Strand, Alicia, and uh, Luciana, they believe that fighting is the answer. And he's like, is the tell only me answer. that you don't believe that. Tell me you don't believe that. And he's like, of course I don't believe that. And then he talks about the second chance. And then they kind of like agree that there's a second chance. And they like get up and walk off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. What do you think that means? What is the second chance? Are they going to try to convince them to not fight? Well, they need to get up and live their lives. Yeah, they they can't just sit and mope that they need to get up and live their lives. But do you think they're going to try to find 
I don't Luciana know. and those guys and convince them to not fight is what I'm saying. Well, okay, because they're on their own because they got out of the truck, right? And the truck was going off, and, and Morgan and John got out. So we're assuming that this whole revelation uh-huh. or this whole story time happened during that, you know, and now and now Morgan's pretty much trying to convince John, okay, then let's go. I think I don't you know, think don't. I don't necessarily think their intention is to go find them. I think their intention is to move on. Uh, but you know, Al did say she was going to come back and get John. Yeah. After whatever it was says was discovered. Yeah, I think they are going to go try and find them. At least Al. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying John and Morgan. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that Al will find John Morgan. Right. But uh, you know, I think that's what they meant by the second chance, though, is that they've got a second chance to live right now. We don't have to, you know, close up just because tragedy has hit. And I think it was as much Morgan learning it as John. I agree with you on that. I feel like, you know, about the cheesemaker, I feel like John is the new cheesemaker that he, Morgan never had a chance to become friends with the cheesemaker in a lasting way. And John is right here in front of him and he has the chance to build a relationship with him and to continue on with a person who has the same mindset as him where peace is what matters, not fighting and killing. And I feel like Morgan is all of a sudden like, yes, I have found my kindred spirit and I want to continue in the world with you. And he chooses him. And then he says, I love you. I'd never want you to leave. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's lonely. It's lonely on the road. Most beautiful episode ever. So is that your hit? You know what? If you want me to start <laughs> off with my hit, yeah, yes, let's it Let's is. do our hits and misses. Kim, what is your big hit? My hit is this entire story. I absolutely love this episode. It was the best. And I've already told you everything why. (laughs) Every reason why. (laughs) I'll be very interested in your miss. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I don't have one. (laughs) You better hurry up and figure one out. Stu, what was your your hit? Well, let's see. Uh, My hit uh, and miss kind of go hand in hand. Are we going to start with my hit? And my hit was seeing the Scrabble pieces when he wakes up in the morning. And she, it says, I love you, too. I'm sorry. Which I thought was great. Because I, I honestly... Are you okay? Are you, are you cheering up? No, I had something in my throat. Okay. Yeah, a little choking up there. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I thought it was I, I thought it was a perfect kind of ending, resolution to that. Because she didn't really say anything. Well, not she like that. Done, she, she might have done something <laughs> that we don't know about. To show him that, but, he, that she loved yeah, him. Yeah, but in the morning when you see that on the table, it's like... She truly did love him because the entire episode, she really did not let herself get close to him mm-hmm. until um, the the point when she she volunteered to go help him, right? With with the bridge, right? And he, she was like, "Well, you would have helped me," and so uh, she went and helped him with the bridge. And then he confesses confesses that he didn't want her to leave because she he wanted her. To survive, and he, the only way she was going to survive was, in love was with if her. she, st- yeah, and she was going to stay there, um, and so he could protect her, or she could stay there by, and he would leave. So this, to me, was kind of the the you know the final period on that 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 little situation was you know the fact that she spelled it out in the Scrabble letters, which I thought was awesome. I did too. Yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I think my hit was John Dory. I mean, he's the guy that all guys should want to be. Yes. Y'all need to take some pointers. Hey. <laughs> Back off, lady. Seriously. We're scientists. So, Whatever. Um, if you want me to leave, I'll leave. And I'll stay. Forever, and you can stay here with five children. No, thank you. <laughs> Story you change. Stay. So, so <laughs> that you can be safe. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good one, Stu. You're funny. Way to get out of it. Kim, what was your <laughs> mess? Uh, nothing. Stu, what was your mess? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my miss my my miss was not really knowing why she left. Like why you know, why did she leave? Why when she had this and she admits with the Scrabble letters that she loved him as well. Why wouldn't she at least if she needed Take to go somewhere? Why didn't she take him? But see, I don't see that as a miss, Stuart. I, I see that as part of the mystery of the episode, or Same. part of the mystery, mystery to the story that we're going to find out. It mystery makes us want to know. Mystery has miss in it. That's hilarious. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I don't see it necessarily as a miss. I think it's actually a, a, a plus. I didn't uh, see it. Yeah, but they have such a connection. That mm-hmm. she's admitting finally. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's my hit and my miss. Mm. She's admitting finally in the morning that she loves him as well. So mm-hmm. why not talk to him about that and go do Because she's else? afraid I, to. I, I know, I know. We've already stated I've stated it as well. She doesn't want to make that connection because she knows she's going to lose him anyways. Everybody's going to die. But still. I understand. Uh, I, I didn't have too much other than the, the issue with the walkers and the bridge and stuff like that. Didn't make a whole lot of sense, but outside of that, no, I didn't really have a miss. Okay, we did. Good. We did have a um, somebody bring up the bridge thing too. I think that we have in our did comments. We? Yeah. Well, before we move on to listener comments, my other big hit was the fact that John. I yeah, I, I have another hit. Was the fact that John was not a crazy man, and that yes, he I would agree with that. Totally. Was sincere, and she was also sincere, and returned. The sentiment, you know, that mm-hmm. they they both genuinely loved each other, and it wasn't some crazy, weird, one-sided relationship that would be like, eh, I don't want to know what happened. This was like a really good thing. So, true love. True love. So, so okay, I gotta ask this, though. Scott, do you still think John Dory is a little uncooked? Do you still think, as you've that stated... he's a simple-minded yeah, person? Yeah, that he's a simple-minded no, person. No, no, he, he was definitely a lot more on point in this episode okay. than he was in the past. But it but it also um, kind of clued us into why he was a little bit off kilter when, when Morgan Fe- first meets him. Because yes. he has, you know, he was on his own by choice first and then on his own, not necessarily by choice after she left. So he was, he was you know, a little unsure of what, I guess, where his place is in the world and so forth. Well, a little out of sorts with uh, interacting with people. And we also yeah. got to find out, you know, he's also, for some reason, come out at this point to look for her. Um, mm-hmm. When, I think it was pretty obvious, he hadn't looked for her for lo- for a while. So something changed the situation that made him go out to look for her. Well, I don't know if that's obvious. We don't I, know what he was doing before he met Morgan. It's obvious to me. Okay, well, okay. we'll see about that. <laughs> All right, so we do have several listener comments. Okay, whoever this person is, I love your Twitter handle. It is 
I blocked Kanye. Don't want stupid on my TL. <laughs> At cute poison ten said, love this is mostly John centric. Felt this heavily invested in a character in WD World for such a long time. John is a better version of Rick. Oh, I yeah, <laughs> much better version of Rick. <laughs> I mean, they're not they even don't in even the same. Compare. Yeah, they don't compare. Um, David at DV Orlando said, fully invested in the story. My only critique is why the walkers were attracted to go over the bridge with no human interaction. The friendship between Morgan and John felt real, and Morgan's view that we must not waste time killing the living is what many viewers have said before. I agree. Yep. Devane at Devane Devane on Twitter said, So John got a Dear John letter in Scrabble form. Rather sweet, I guess. Better than an SMS, a message on a steamy mirror, bathroom, or ghosting. Wink, smiley face. <laughs> Does Naomi look like a Naomi? I have my doubts. She, no. Laura's probably more fitting, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Molly Z at Zeminski 6 said, Great combo if she would have stuck around. Mm-hmm. I agree. They would have been cute together. Well, we who knows? We may see them. Um, we Heart TWD at We Heart TWD said, Such a great episode. Mama Sarah at Mama Sarah AC21 said, This episode hit me in the feels. <laughs> I want her to be okay so John can see her again. I got to use that. Hit me in the feels. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You can tell that you guys are like not on social media very much. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. And, and I wear that as a badge of honor. You guys yes. are funny. All right, fan mom said, John Dory was living the good life in the zombie apocalypse. This was such a sweet episode. I hope they find each other again, too. I'd like to thank Kim for running our Twitter account, by the way. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> Kim, you're doing a wonderful job with your Twitter account. And I love the in fact that you include Stuart's surprisingly um, interesting comments. <laughs> <laughs> Mark LaBarnway said, well, well, John Dory, fooled me, didn't you? But a word of advice, stay away from Carol of Fear the Walking Dead. She's crazy. Actually, she's Morgan and Carol mashed up into one. But y'all do make a cute couple. Don't look at the flowers, John. Don't look at the flowers. Uh, Joe Johnson said, I thought they were going to make John into a psycho. Man, was I off. LOL. In my opinion, Strand and John are the best characters on the show. Agreed. Emmeline Veltkamp said, Well, I wasn't emotionally prepared for tonight's episode. John playing Scrabble by himself was one of the saddest things I've ever seen on this show. Oh, it kind of was. Especially when you like he looks over and he's got the other person's little tiles set up. I was still trying to figure out how he was playing with two people by himself. He was running both... I, I, yeah, but I was, it was like, well... That's I mean, super sad. How, how do you not cheat at that point? Oh, God. What is cheating at that point? Well, exactly. It took him forever to come up with that one word, platypus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, a lot of work to do. Get a deck of cards. Solitary. That's boring. Solitary, I should say. Yeah. Solitary. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's what Daryl got, solitary. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's true. That's a fine example of one of uh, Stuart's very incisive comments. <laughs> Melissa Dickinson emailed and said, Hey guys, just a quick thought. The writers of FW, 
FTWD did not bring mm. on Jenna Elfman just to kill her off after a quick intro. Mm-hmm. Naomi is definitely still alive, and since she's likely not alone, Madison has to be with her, unfortunately. <laughs> There's no way they get and promote a name brand actress just as a one-off. Love the show, Melissa. Uh, that's true. Well, yeah. She's got a point. I mean, she does have a point. Yeah, I mean... Unless she's in between shows or in between movies or something. <laughs> Unless they do treat it like the cheesemaker. And here you have... This is Yeah, true. he was a big-name actor, and he was there for, what, one episode? Yep. Yes. So it can happen, but yeah. I don't think it's happening in this case. I do agree with her. I yes, agree. I don't, I, don't I, think agree. That's, that's, I don't think that's what they're doing. I yeah. Think, I think she is going to be around for a little while. Yep. Yep. Next week on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 4, Episode 6, Just In Case. Strand wrestles with Madison's decisions. Things take an unexpected turn at the stadium. Ooh, that doesn't... But is it really unexpected? That's what I want to find out. That's what I don't think it's unexpected. I don't know. We don't know what it is What do you not think is unexpected? Well, it's going to go south, right? Well, it's going to go south. We don't know. The whole situation. Maybe. They're going to have to leave. Maybe it doesn't go south. Can you be any more vague? Kim? What? Things are going south. The situation. Stuff. Things. <laughs> things are going to be bad. Stuff and things <laughs> is happening. Maybe something and... goes right for them, and that's the unexpected part. Oh. Oh, hello. Maybe they get those hot dogs in a can. Uh, oh, no. That's a bad... Raid. Hot dog raid. That will make you run to the potty. That's <laughs> uh, all right. After you've had nothing but, uh, what is it, uh, cow... Pies. Cattle feed. Pancakes. Oh, yes, yes. Cattle feed burgers. I don't think they're eating cow pies. That would be really gross. That would be horrible. It's, it's getting pretty I would close. leave. Getting close. I, would I would leave. Be, I would be killing the cow at that point. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. Bear Grylls will do it. Which, I, you know, we did, we did not actually talk about that. And I think that was the last episode when um, Strand's new boyfriend, what's his name? Oh, yes. Says, <laughs> says, shouldn't we be killing the cow before we eat their feed? <laughs> exactly. Good point. Yeah. So if you want to tell us what you think about the episode, you can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody. You know that? You do a fantastic job. We love you, Kim.